Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast for smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off on an autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away boys. Hi and welcome to episode 17. Did Holly let you do this? Did Holly let you? Because I'm back. I can't remember. You have to listen to the episode. Yeah I'm going to listen to it because no doubt Holly tried to get her own back because I've been laying into her recently. So no doubt she's seen the opportunity and tried to embarrass me at every opportunity. Well, but the jo- joke's on her. I don't get embarrassed. You, you don't need much help yes, embarrassing yourself. Oh, I, mean, well. I mean, you've been away for so long now. So long. How long was yesterday's episode without me? About half an hour. About half hour. See, we can go for hours. You I mean, there's a pattern here, you know, you and you being slowly relegated to the post room. There is a pattern here. An unfortunate accident with a sellotape dispenser. I tell you what, I'm not kidding. My lips hurt so much from biting the sellotape. I know it's not very sanitary and I'm sorry to my clients, but that sellotape for the most part has just been <laughs> bitten. And why my you... lips just... Yeah, isn't, the cut. isn't this why God invented fucking scissors? Yeah, but it was quick to use my teeth and I was up against a, a deadline uh, and I had my youngest brother using the scissors. I couldn't, I, I couldn't morally let him bite it so, so let's <laughs> get damage right. his little mouth. You, you have sent out a load of packages with your saliva all over them in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, saliva on the sellotape, so use gloves when but open. What could possibly go wrong? I'm vaccinated, so... Fuck yeah, but they're know. not. Yeah, I know they're not. So, I may or may yeah. not be able to share the virus oh john you know it's fucking fine it doesn't live well on surfaces anyway it's going to be in transit for five fucking days so not only have you given it to our clients but you've spread it all around the country <laughs> to the postman to the fucking post lady so if they're touching the sellotape yeah they're probably trying to have a little peek into the package anyway so well, you know i fucking our, hope they catch it you know what our clients are like don't you I mean, they're probably like to lick the sellotape they're window lickers aren't they most yeah of them. they are they they fucking are especially zap Oh, Zach. Oh, fucking hell. Window liquor. Was he, was I, he uh, serious about going to hospital to have his ears done? Was yeah. that a joke? No, serious. Oh, my word. Definitely. You can't blame him. Oh, well, that's true. Man. It's a health and safety hazard. It's not for looks. If there's a strong gust of wind, he just starts taking off into a scent. <laughs> put a string on him using a fucking kite or something. He's light enough, the poor twig. On, he's, yeah, exactly. Do you know what Zach is? Uh, I don't know the actual scientific name of them, but the trees, but their seeds have like helicopter wings on them. Sorry, Connor. They're sycamore. Well, sycamore. So that's what Zach looks like. What did you do sycamore tree seed. We used to try and catch the sycamore seeds and used to shout, helicopter, helicopter. So basically you went to a special school. Uh, I, I went to school in Slough. So yes. Oh, it's nice. Dear, I do. I don't want to coming to what? You fucking know full well my whole life and a large majority of my childhood has just been dedicated to marketing, yeah? If I spent the time to learn about trees and their seeds, I wouldn't be where I am now. Where are you now? 
having to deal with some autistic hermit. You know, yeah, it, yeah. I could be dealing with oh, some fucking... I'll be careful what I say. You are in the post group. And I still get paid the same as you, yeah? They say treat the janitor the same as the CEO. Hey. That's a good point, actually. Get paid more than Holly does. Yeah, exactly. And Holly's acting like she's my fucking boss. I sign her fucking checks. Speaking yeah? of which, speaking of which... Oh, it's in the house now. I got a check this morning through the post. 760-something euro from the telecoms company, the first installment of the fucking 18... 1800 euro they're paying me back hey, hey. why are they doing it in installments though oh uh, because it was two separate charges uh refunds oh. so one was the last well, one one was kind of final account we're going to give you this money back and i said well i'll accept that money back but it's only a partial payment i'm not happy with the way you've dealt with this let's carry on and then they've given me a they're, they're giving me another thousand and sixty two it's in the pipeline so that's why in total it'd be 1800 and some change happy days Happy days. It's like you've won some shit reality TV show or something. Here's your grand fuck off home. (laughs) I've been watching uh, Come Dine With Me recently as my guilty pleasure in the evenings. And don't judge me. It's essentially a show. Uh, I've been watching the couples version where three separate couples get together and they have to host dinner parties at their house and then the other two couples score the the other two couple and the winner gets a thousand pounds and you should see the way these people behave over a thousand pounds it's honestly like life or death for some of them i can't imagine why anyone would watch that show let alone even go on it i watch it because i need to switch off yeah, but you could switch off by watching snooker. You could switch off by reading any kind of fucking trashy zombie novel like I do. I'm not I'm not sort of docking you. I'm just thinking about why would anyone make a show like that? Why would you go on it, especially for a thousand pounds? I can't help but think there's something seriously wrong with the ego of someone who goes on reality TV. I mean, again, I've never seen them before. I've never, I've never watched daytime TV. But I do know, is it Jeremy Kyle? Yes, 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 yes. When, when people go on and say things like, I've been having an affair with my brother and now I'm pregnant, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's why? exactly what it was. Why would anyone... I mean, why do people do that kind of thing? Why do people then go on TV and tell a nation of 66 million people that's what they've been doing? And why does any cunt watch it? To make themselves feel better me. about their lives. That's exactly why they watch it. People with too much time on their hands and want to feel better about their lives. And why would people go on it? Well, people do anything for their five minutes of fame, don't they? Well, yeah, it's, not, it's just fucking baffles me, mate. It's baffling. That's why it's utterly baffling. But do you know what those people need? They obviously need a thousand pounds. <laughs> they need. I said, oh, no, I'm not. They need rules. Otherwise, otherwise, this podcast is just going to end up as a pop culture podcast where we talk about Jeremy Kyle and fucking come dine with me for an hour. Those people need rules. Thou yeah. shall not embarrass themselves. Because I need, the thing, need rules and boundaries. Yeah, because they need rules and boundaries because they set you free. Because yeah, they do. That's so fucking lovely. I mean, people. It's, it's not just rules and boundaries for the people, it's rules and boundaries for yourself. When my daughter was ill and she came to live with me because her mother just couldn't fucking deal with it, we did what was called, I didn't realise it had actually had a name, but it, they, the senior psychologist called it um, the steel box. And it basically means you don't literally put them in a box, so that was tempting at times. But you create a structure of very firm boundaries. But then within those boundaries they're free to do whatever they want so it's safe they're safe to experiment and come to their terms with their own lives and things well that's what i've always done with my kids my kids have always had very firm boundaries within that they can do pretty much anything it's a bit like I mean, it's a good example i saw a post for the day from i think it was tacky Moore actually i was asking facebook in general how do you enforce or what boundaries do you enforce on your in- kids internet usage and with my kids 
they knew what the rules were. I didn't enforce them in the sense that there were no software checks. I was the home network system administrator. And I just said, I will from time to time check to see what you've been looking at. And if you break the rules we've got, you will lose your internet access. So it was trust but verify. Yeah. You know? So within, they knew what the rules were. I didn't have to, I mean, the thing is, probably anything else, this software is easy. You know, that, that kind of nanny software is fucking easy to get around. Yeah. And and the kids being what they are, and especially my kids being clever like their old man, they'd have done it as well. So it's much yeah. easier just to say, look, you can do it if you want, but if you fuck up and I catch you fucking up, you'll pay the consequences. When I was younger, John, well, to, to expand on that point, kids nowadays have fucking 4G data plans on their phones. Your children are my age and a little bit younger, aren't they? Some of them. Yeah, yeah. So they may or may not have had 4G access like we do today anyway. I digress. When I was, yeah. So when I was younger, I had two phones and my parents didn't know about my other phone. And I was meant to leave my phone outside my room every night. And all of a sudden, uh, I started doing it quite happily with no arguments, which raised suspicion. Uh, And that was my downfall. Yeah. So after a month, they called me out on it. And uh, all right, yeah, you called me. But yeah, for a good month, I'd give them my phone, go to bed, still got me other phones tapping away all night. Zero, two. So that's kids. And the thing is, kids, when they do these things, I think a little bit like clients, really, they think, oh, we'll never figure this one out. They're old and stupid. You know, no, (laughs) no, we're not. We were young once too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, boundaries and rules. I mean, so when people say if they have boundaries and rules, that actually constrains them, but it doesn't. It frees up so much of your time and effort. If you know that you will only deal with a certain kind of business under certain conditions, you free up all that time from having to get on the phone with people who are not qualified. You free up all that time of having to do the equivalent in your own head, even if not actually literally doing it yourself and going on to LinkedIn and asking, here's the proposition, should I take it or not? You don't have to do any of that. There's no debate, you know. Hey? That's ridiculous. People do it all the time, don't they? That's fucking ridiculous. The the other thing is smart people, they eventually listen and they they create their rules and boundaries and they're designed in a smart way, which is meant to protect you, the business owner, protect your time, mainly so you don't have to waste time with stupid decision-making. But uh, many of them make the mistake of not telling their, uh, their, their employees and their staff these are my boundaries. This is what you can and can't do. A lot of them don't even enforce it with their own staff. Uh, we've had clients who, who set rules and boundaries, but then let their own staff members break it. And it's like, yeah. well, hang on a minute. You need rules and boundaries, not just for your business as a whole, not just for the clients that you take on, but also f- for your internal operations. You need to protect your your space and your time more, more than anyone else in the company. I think people should have rules and boundaries for everyone from the fucking spouse and children on up. Mm-hmm. Or, away, like, look at, I mean, every, everyone, if you don't have boundaries, then you waste so much time debating whether or not something's okay. And often even arguing about them. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got to set the rules. And if necessary, especially with kids and things, post them on the fridge. These are the yeah. rules. You break the rules, you pay the consequences. Do you understand the rules? It. my daughter do you understand the rules yes do you agree that's fair yes okay that's it so yeah, there's no more needs to be said. Them. there's no oh it's not fair i didn't understand i didn't realize <laughs> yeah, we actually, I actually made rosie well i didn't make her but I, I she agreed to sign them and i tell you what's funny is holly does asks the same question every week when we're planning oh, what we're going to do for the week <laughs> do you it's agree that fun. this is fair and you will achieve try to achieve everything we've said this oh, week? Fair enough. Yes, oh, I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was a stupid question you were going to say yeah no 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 and, and then we go yes holly sometimes we're just nodding dogs because we just want to get off the fucking call so we can work <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, then Holly goes, and do you agree this is impossible to understand? Do you understand? <laughs> yes, Holly, yes. And then fucking quite a few times, half an hour later, she'll get a voice message from me going, what do you mean by this? And she'll go, Connor! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rules set you free. Like, that's for time, they for effort, they for all manner of thinking required on trivial stuff. Because here's what you're doing, the rule. I mean, when I say freedom of thinking, I'm not advocating people stop thinking. On the contrary, I think people should think more. But what they should think about is important stuff. So if you think about this, when I was a software engineer, if I had a kind of rule of my own, which was, if there's a task I'm going to have to do more than once, I'm going to write a script to do it. Now, some people here might not really know what a script is. It's just a program. Low level, well, it's a high level programming language, which you just write a script to do it for you. So that was it. I never have to think about that task again. But in the same way, if you've got a, a, a if you've got a task which you need to repeat over and over, such as taking on a client, debating whether or not to take on a client, what kind of client should I have? Is this the right client? If you have a script of your own, and this will be scripted in natural language of rules that say, you know, we have three. Is it the right kind of work? Is it the right kind of price? <laughs> Do we want to help them? That kind of thing. Then all the time you would have spent repeating that process which if you're doing it right will be the same every time anyway if it's not you've got a serious fucking problem in your business then why wouldn't you have rules now i do i do realize sometimes i say yeah but sometimes you might miss a good client yeah you might but i tell you what i would rather miss 10 good clients than take on one yeah because one bad client can suck the life out of you and not just while you're working with them but you know in the worst comes to the worst you get things like unpaid bills you get into arguments you get even even get into fucking litigation people yeah. taking you to court are you thinking should i take them to court well if you if you have rules that say i don't take on clients except this this and this is true and one of those things is i get paid up front another one is that they've got a certain income another one is they've got a certain kind of work well in that case, all those problems go away and you are then free. So what do I mean by it sets you free? You are free to do a lot more because you've got more time and you can do the stuff that cannot be put into a rules-based system. And people will say, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, dead fucking right it can be a lot of work. It's work that others won't do. Not they can't, but they won't. And the bigger part of success in any endeavour is doing what other people will not do, not what they cannot do. Yeah, you weren't on the call yesterday. You were in the in the post room, fucking licking your sellotape. But we were talking about a girl called Michaela. She's one of Holly's friends. She's a lovely girl. She started playing the piano about thirteen years ago, and now that's basically what she does. She she's a professional musician. Well, she was able to do that because she worked on doing the piano. She did the fucking hard work, so now she's getting the results. So you know, don't don't look at people like Michaela and say, oh, it's easy for them. All she does for a living is play the piano. True, but look at the fucking thirteen years she spent working for it. But in the same way as these rules, it's great to look at people like me and Connor say, oh, your business is easy because you don't have to do all this work with shitty clients. That's true. That's because we've already done the fucking hard work. You know, we've set the rules. We've created the rules. We've also created systems to allow you to set your own rules, but most people won't. Yeah. Talking the systems, John, um, they, they, they just go perfectly in hand with rules as well. Often off the back of rules, you're trying to plug in. When you're creating your rules for the first time, you're often just trying to plaster up the patches and the holes in the bucket of, of your company. And every, every, often for the first time when you are creating your first set of rules and boundaries, they are prime topics for you to then go on and create proper documented systems that other people can run. So if someone does fit X, Y rules, uh, fit X criteria, and they don't break any of our boundaries and rules, do this it often then turns into an if then that exercise when you initially set the parameters it's a script 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is a script. The wording that you used is perfect and it all fits together nicely. Yeah, we, we had this conversation on, where was it? I think it was in Foundations. Someone asked the question about, yeah, it was. It was, um, she wanted to know if there was a way to automate the process of getting a, a form coming in and then someone booking a call. Oh yeah, there is. And we did it, you know, if they answer a question, answer a form, that they want to book a call, they answer some questions. If they, if those questions are not answered correctly or to the point where we wanted them to go down this channel to get a call with us, they don't get the call. Or the call is cancelled, one of the two, it doesn't really matter. But the point is, you can do that programmatically. If you've got a, we only work with businesses 1 million and over, and they come in at 900,000, bing, they get kicked off. So you can automate it. And if you can't automate it, you can certainly delegate it to someone else. Give them a bit of paper and say, here we are. If clients don't meet these criteria, we don't work with them. That's my boundary. Those are my rules. And here's your procedure for implementing it. Job done. Yeah. I never have to speak to another crap client or prospective client again. So the kind of conversations I'm having now on the phone are, fucking hell, John, that's amazing. When can we start? And not, oh, John, uh, yeah, it looks okay. What can you do? And how much is it going to cost me? Yeah, can you yeah. That price, you know? Awful. It all comes and, down to rules. Yeah, it, you set your rules. And then off the base of that, you as the business owner should be creating processes for everything in your company and, and anyway. And for those that are like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Literally just draw a simple decision tree. We, we're we fortunate enough to have Holly, who does all of the formal documenting of the processes, including links, where to click, yada, yada, all that boring shit. I'm never fucking wasting my time with that. But what she needs from me every time is one video of me doing it once. So I only ever do the fucking thing once and record it. And then a decision tree of various things that can go wrong. A send of those things takes me 10 minutes. And then there's a documented process that follows all of the rules of the company because we've laid the groundwork. And that's what Foundations is all about. Laying the fucking ground work. One rebuttal that people often have is, oh, so what rules should I have? Oh, I don't know if I can have any rules. People don't understand who makes the rules in their business. No, no, this is this is endemic. It's, it's awful. Yeah, it's almost a cliche. You see it on LinkedIn. I just had this conversation with client, prospective client, someone on LinkedIn, and I said I wasn't prepared to say do any work for this amount of money. Was I right to do that? They're, they're debating. They're, they're bringing onto LinkedIn a public debate of whether or not they should work for a lower fee or give a discount. Do you remember when COVID first kicked off? People were saying you should give discounts. Oh. I couldn't believe this was a topic of discussion. People we were put our prices up. Yes, we did, <laughs> and we doubled the business in two months. Yeah, on the higher prices, people were actually having a fucking serious. This is like grown-ups, business owners, were having serious conversations on LinkedIn about whether or not they should give discounts, cut their prices, work for free. Even people should be working for free because some people are struggling. There's always somebody struggling. I would be more more impressed by these people if they said, "Well, when I'm making a profit, I'm going to share it with everyone on the, on LinkedIn too." I don't think so, Sonny. <laughs> Not fucking profit sharing. I, I'll, I'll agree to profit sharing with employees when they agree to loss sharing too. Yeah, yeah that's fair yeah. enough, isn't it? It's more than fair enough. It's more than fair enough. I yeah yeah. Anyway, to the original point, the only person that's going to so make yeah, I mean, you make rules. rules. Like, Go on, job. It's you. It's you. You yeah. make the rule. You know. Not your competitors, not your clients, not your employees, not your friends, not your colleagues, not your peers, not your family, and especially, and especially not your fucking spouse, unless he or she is involved in the business and is competent to have an opinion. I absolutely adore my wife. I worship the ground she walks on. She works in the business. She's an equal part owner of my business, not my own business, my own business. But 
I never ask her opinion about things. I mean, if, if there's a, if there's a, an opinion I want of a neurotypical, I will. If I'm not sure if something's a little bit, will people take this as being odd because this is from my autistic point to be perfectly normal? Of course they will. She's qualified to have that because she's neurotypical. <laughs> if I'm thinking about going in a certain direction with work, a certain kind of client, a different model of, of say a found of say foundations or another mentoring thing i don't ask sarah why the fuck would i ask sarah she's not qualified to have an opinion she's my wife not my fucking business partner well she is my business partner but she's not my fucking business advisor it would be insane and, and please please you fucking morons don't tell me oh it's polite it's uh, it's considerate it's not it's stupid uh, do you remember the story uh, I, i'm pretty sure i've told it on the podcast before but the story of the time my mum simply told me that she thinks I does I do good work <laughs> remind me I don't I'm, she, it rings a bell but I don't remember the detail you know, she said to me it, it was when we was growing at that rapid rapid rate to a point where we couldn't really we was like oh what the fuck it was like wow Jesus Christ right how do we put out all these fires that come along with growth um well we, we did very well anyway by the by mum said you must be uh, you must do really good work I, th- I think you're doing really well and you do really good job for your clients i said mum well you're not qualified to, to tell me that i said i appreciate the sentiment but uh, <laughs> it means nothing to me you, you, I, and she was like what i was like in the same way i can't say you're good at your job because i don't know what you fucking do you can't say i'm good at mine and uh that was a massive 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 mistake because i never heard the end of it and uh, <laughs> she hasn't told me she's proud of me or anything since oh well. <laughs> the only time she did tell me she was proud of me when i bought her a really fucking expensive genuine leather handbag that she wanted. was that the one that you thought was chocolate <laughs> yes <laughs> well all, all, all i'm gonna say mate is consequences you know yeah open mouth insert foot pay consequences yeah that's it and that, that's interesting you bring Sorry, that up because people also need to realize that everything that well 99 of the things that happen to them they have been complicit within the consequences that they have to face because of it it's not your client's fault it's your fault it's not you compared to oh, this fault. yeah I mean, that's, fault. That, that's back to taking uh taking responsibility i mean i see it again on linkedin so it's a cliche i've done all this work and i've not been paid that's on you man you were the one who yeah. worked without a deposit you were the one who worked without insisting on an escrow payment they didn't want to pay a deposit no legitimate honest business with integrity would refuse to pay the full amount would refuse to pay the full amount into escrow if they were serious about paying their bill why would they yeah, because the escrow agreement is there to protect them if the job doesn't get done and it's there to protect you for not getting paid when it gets done. Only someone who's prepared or has even decided to cheat you already or considered it a possibility would refuse to use escrow. Yeah. And that's one of our rules as well. We get paid up front, we get paid in escrow, or we don't do it. We don't extend credit. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're not doing. a fucking bank. It's not interest-free loan. Yeah, you're not just giving them an interest-free loan. It's unsecured. <laughs> And, and it's an unsecured interest-free loan and you've not even done your fucking due diligence either you don't even know if they can pay it and you've wasted hours of your life delivering something that you're not going to get paid upon well, what you're doing is you're working for free and hoping you're going to get paid for it on the promise your livelihood is then subject to someone else's goodwill well that's what i call fucking stupid it's the hope that kills you i said that hope, hope, is, not a hope is not yeah. a stupid hope is not yeah and anytime you catch yourself saying the words i hope you you should know you're pretty fucked <laughs>
yeah. I mean, in I, some way I, or another. Probably, I don't pay much attention to it, and I, I very rarely even comment. And when I do, it'll be something helpful and supportive, like, well, if you're not getting paid, that's on you, mate. I probably see at least once a day someone posting on LinkedIn how they've been stiffed by a client. You know the last time I got a stiffed by a client? It was 13 years ago, just after I moved here. He still has you four grand today. It's not something <laughs> to worry about. But I use it as a story, as an example of how not to do it. I did 4K's worth of work. He paid, he'd already, I mean, to be fair, he'd, he'd already paid 35K for a sales letter and, and emails and stuff. And this was another bit of work. 4K, never paid me. That hasn't happened again. That won't happen again. Yeah. So it was a cheap yeah. lesson, really. That was yeah, yeah. dollars as well. So at the time, 13 years ago, that was about £2,000. So I'm... that won't happen again. No, it won't. I'm fortunate enough that I... No, not with him either. Definitely not with him. I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've never, ever had a bad paying client, ever. I think that's the only time it's ever happened to me. Well, that's it. I, I, with anything, it should only fucking happen once because then you set your rules and your boundaries and your systems to make sure it yeah. never fucking happens again. Yeah, and if I'd, have been, if I'd have had someone like me around telling me this stuff, it wouldn't have happened even once then because, you know, they're going to be... That's why, it's, that's why it's never happened to me because I've had you around yeah, from and, the and day I started this. my first company. You know, this nonsense as well, I and mean, it's slightly going off the point here. But you'll get people say, Well, and I, I see this advice being fucking given, not by business advisors, I hasten to add, but by fucking random massage therapists and fucking aromatherapists <laughs> or fucking yoga teachers, that kind of thing. You know, well, you should work for free to get your name out there. No, no, you're uh... stupid. That is really dumb. That is really dumb because, as I keep saying, if you if you are competent, and you can do the job. You should pay as you should charge as much as anyone else does. If you're not, then you shouldn't be doing the job at all. Yeah, my brother Callum said uh, he he'd like the idea of Callum listens to this. He's got a few of his buddies listening to it as well, so that, <laughs> they'll get a good, good good giggle out of this. He said he'd like to. He he was thinking about and he liked the thought of doing fit outs in VW vans, converting them into camper van. Yeah. And so oh, that's, that sounds cool because he's uh, undergoing that project himself right now. And he said, if it all goes well, it could be a business opportunity for me. And I said, oh, what would you charge for that? And it was like, oh, I'd probably start off really cheap, to be honest, because uh, I'm only young and uh, I've only done one. I was like, well, you're either good enough or you're not good enough, Callum. Yeah. You're meant to be listening to our podcast so you don't say stupid shit to me anymore yeah. so we can actually get along for once. And now yeah, you, you just fucking ruined it. You're <laughs> either <off>. competent <laughs> or you're not competent. You can either solve your client's problem or you can't. And if you can't, you shouldn't be charging any amount of money or have the decency to say, you know, this is my line of work. I don't think I can make, do justice of your project, so I'm going to give it to a, a colleague or a competitor or someone who, who does know it better than I do. I can think of times. In fact, a classic example. We had someone come to us. He actually joined us in the end. But I said to him, there's someone I know who specializes in your line of work. Yeah. You'd be probably better off going to them. So, and also, I teach them what they do. So you're getting, me, you're getting me along with it anyway. And he still came to us, but we gave him the choice. That's what people of integrity do. They say, if I think there's a better option or a, a, a different option, they will say, you know what? I could take your money, but here's, here's the options you've got. And these two don't involve me. Yeah. The reason we told that now client that is because of our integrity, but also because we had boundaries set. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those is we don't shit on people. Yeah. That's why we changed the name of the fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, we don't shit on people. We, we, we will never break that boundary. If, if we think there may be a better alternative, well, if we think that there may be something that will benefit them further than whatever we're suggesting or offering, 
we'll tell them that. But it's then up to them to make that decision because we don't know all the nuanced little details of their situation to make a 100% complete informed decision on their behalf. Also, we don't make decisions for other people. No, no. Well, I had a guy a couple of weeks ago, he was on about joining us and all he wanted to do was he got a, a side hustle. It was a, a, a self-contained product. And I said to him, well, you could join us in foundations and we'll help you because I've done this before myself. But you know what? A better idea is to go and get course craft by Shane Malak. It's a single payment of $200. They'll probably do a better job than we do because it's focused on what you're trying to do. Uh, we'll give you loads of other stuff besides that you don't need. Integrity. It's he was there. I bought, he, he was ready to go almost, you know? But no, I don't want to take your fucking money when I don't need to. The thing is, people say making these rules is hard work. And it is. I mean, this, I think it's the very first exercise we do in kickstarting foundation. But you can start yeah. small. Simple things like make yourself less accessible. So don't allow people to phone you straight away. Just, it's the simplest thing in the world. Get just free, yourself a free account from Calendly and then put it all over your website and anywhere else where you've got your phone right now. Change that page. So it's, if you want to book a call with me, book your call here. That will save you so much time because all of a sudden your phone calls are all scheduled within a time window. If you think you can't do that for some reason and you're wrong, because one of the guys who joined us was an electrician who had a, basically had his phone stuck to his head. And the reason he joined us was not because he wanted to make more money or anything else. It was he wanted to free up his time. And that's what he had his third child on the go and stuff like that. So he saved us for about six months, solved his problem, and then went, fine, good luck to him. That's, he, he was very upfront about that. He, as an electrician, so if he can do it, you can do it. Okay, what business you're in? Because he, he's got your problems if you're in the trades and stuff. You know, he's no different. He thought he couldn't do it, but he just set it up so that his phone went through to Calendly and people had to book it. And then of his guys, he got them all iPads and got some software, I don't know what it was. So the guys didn't have to speak to him to get their work. It all went out every morning, buy the, the iPad over the network. All of a sudden, he wasn't getting calls from employees or clients saying, oh, fucking hell, we need you right now. Didn't happen. If you think you can't do that or you want to go halfway, get yourself what moneypenny.com. Get yourself someone else answering the phone and text a voice-to-text transcription. So if people phone you, they'll leave a message and you say, I'll phone you back. And these are the hours I'll phone you back between. Or leave a time for me to phone you back between these hours. Better still. But the best way to do it, in my experience, is to use Calendly. You could, anyone could do that. Everyone should. They could do it. They could have it done by the time they finish listening to this and, and gone about their business for the rest of the day. You can do it in, in 10 minutes at home. Set up Calendly and that's it. You can even say, leave a voice message. I do not answer my phone except between these hours. So if you want to make a call, you want to call me, go to this URL, calendly.com. My name is John. Book yourself a call. That's your now your voicemail message. It's not fucking difficult. It's what? It's not difficult at all. No. And it's so Set your phone to do not disturb, so it automatically goes yeah, to voicemail. Yeah, anyone can do this. This bullshit, I've, I've got to be available. No, you haven't. In fact, I'll go further and say, if you think you need to be available to your staff to answer questions and queries, here's why you don't. And we did this with our clients as well, so we're not just making this up. Um, and we haven't done it with Holly because she doesn't bother us with this shit. But if she started to, I would do this to her. I, was, I say to the clients, you can have a one-on-one with me anytime you like. Obviously, you have to book it in, but it's unlimited. But we've got three rules, the R word again. The first one is you have to have a specific issue you want me to work with you on. It's not just I'm bringing up for a chat. John doesn't do chats. John's autistic. John hates chats. Second rule is you have to have at least three ideas to solve it yourself. You don't come to me with a problem and I say, so what are you doing about it? Oh, I couldn't think of anything. That's not how it works. If you don't have the ideas to fix it, it shows you're not putting in the work, not putting in the effort. And the third rule, well, it's kind of rule two and a half because this one I don't always enforce because it's not always appropriate. But the third one is 
you must have tried something, preferably, optionally. You tried one of these things. And I want to know what results you've got from it. Sometimes it's not always possible because, you know, you might get someone to say, I've got this really important meeting coming up. I don't know how to deal with it. I've got these three ideas. And obviously, I've not tried it yet because I don't want to blow it. That's, that's fair enough. But you can't come to me and say, I've got a big meeting coming up. don't know how to do it. So what are you thinking of? Then I have not thought. No, that won't work. And we do that because we don't want people learning helplessness. You know, we, it's not that we don't want to talk to them. Well, I don't, but it's not that we don't want to or not willing to talk to them or help them because we are more than that. But we are not willing to carry them. So dead simple rules. Anyone could do that. So if you've got staff and they're always bugging, you say to them, right, no more knocking on my door. No more calling me unless you've got a specific problem and you've got three ideas for solutions. That's it. And if I ask you these things at the beginning of the call. If you tell me you haven't got three solutions, I'll put the phone down and you'll yeah. find people will stop bothering you. Yeah. Holly recently onboarded a new client who was on site and she wasn't aware of my rule. And I believe it's your rule as well, that I won't speak to someone if it's an important conversation, if they're in the car or on site. No, no, that's right. They've got to be, well, my rule is they have to be, they have to have undisturbed time. So they can be in the car, but they must be undisturbed. Mine is, oh, I won't speak to you in the car if it's an important call because it, it never works out. It's never once worked out for me, ever. It's always... I don't recall having it. That's not a rule, but I, I guess I'd get pissed off if it, if it meant I couldn't have a proper conversation. But yeah, it must be undisturbed time. You must, must be able to focus. Yeah. You also have your top three rules. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mo- moving on from the kind of very simple day-to-day stuff. And simple things like, you know, if, if people... If I'm going to have a phone call... It has to be with the decision maker. There's no point. Unless it's like a procedure call. Or I need I need information for someone. But every call I have has got a purpose to it. And if the person who cannot deal with that, that question or that item on the call isn't available, I don't have it. So, if, you know, if, if I'm selling, if, if we're doing, say, a sales call, the decision makers are on the phone. If, they, if we get to the call and they say, oh, there's two of us, man and wife, team but my wife isn't here okay well we don't have to call them we do it when she is that kind of thing but so aside from those operational rules there's the kind of the main rules we have are in what we call our triage process which i've probably mentioned before this is huge because this is about the kind of clients you're going to take on and let's face it we're all in business we've all got procedures we've all got the day-to-day but the big thing the big drain on our life and our existence the time vampires are bad clients good clients make your life fucking brilliant bad clients can make things very difficult so getting good clients you know, having good clients can help you through having a, some other problems with your business. Cash flow, but if you're being paid up front, that's not so much of a problem with cash flow. And that means, you know, good clients pay up front. So good clients can solve a lot of problems. So we have three main criteria for all of our work. And especially the higher up the tree you go, so you're talking of elite and main build or even worse or even more daunting for you as a private client um, i have one at the moment and i'm not able to take any others and so for a piece like a private client you're looking at jobs of minimum 50k so that's the kind of level i'm talking about three very simple criteria and if they don't meet them there's just there's no other conversation i don't care how much you pay me 100k a million pounds just wouldn't fly first is only if they can pay if they're not making the kind of income to pay my fee or our fee or, or the fees for the group, we don't even look at them. There's no point. And we've, we've decided um, each group has got a different threshold. And say for our mentoring group, if, the, if you don't have at least 5K a month in profit after wages, expenses, and the rest of it, we wouldn't allow anyone in. We wouldn't even talk to them. Because we know from experience, someone who hasn't got that kind of money going into the bank and increasing their savings every month, he's not prepared to invest what they need to invest with us. They're just not. I mean, and we may get some who are and they'll argue about it, but that's fine. But statistically, the chances are that's rare. So we don't even waste any time. You tell us that you're making 3K a month profit. Okay, you're not eligible for the group. Simple. Yeah. Job done. Argue all you fucking like, but that's it. The second one is, so it's only if you can pay. If they got the money. 
cash flow. And we don't take credit cards either. So you can't you can't just load your card up either. And if you can help them. Now, so the second question we would have on the, on the form is, what's your business and what's your challenge? Now, if they're in a business we don't approve of, and this is purely subjective, we're not, we're not being objectively moral and we're not Christians or anything. But, you know, if you're, if you're selling stuff that we don't approve of, such as, in my case, NLP training or some kind of fucking bogus mindset shit or fucking alternative health, that kind of bollocks, chakra aligning, fucking scrotum massage, that kind of thing. If you're in a business we don't approve of, again, we won't have you. We are not helping people just sell anything because you can afford us. We have to believe in your business. We have to think it's ethical, you know? Not that you think it's ethical, but we have to think the business is ethical according to our ethics. And we have to believe you run it in an ethical way. If we think you are, I had a client once, and he let it slip that it was going to let his, let me get this right, his website guy. No, the, the, he was talking about his Google AdWords guys. He was going to let the Google AdWords guys do a load of work and then not pay them because of some loophole. He was laughing about it. And I thought to myself, if you're going to do that with them, you'll do that with me one day, mm. you know? You might be within your rights to the letter of the contract, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about being an ethical person. And I, I kind of just, I finished that bit of work and then I took the invoice and I paid, he paid it. And I just said, right, we're done now. I didn't give him any reason. I just left, just stopped. Well, that's because he was unethical. So we have to think you're running an ethical business and you have to be an ethical person. And the third thing is, only if we want to, some people are dickheads. You might be ethical, you might have an ethical business, you might have a lot of money, but like the guy, say, who called Connor the apprentice and looked down his nose at him and didn't want to talk to him, I don't want to help you. You can go and fucking drown in a vat of shit for all I care. You'd speak to my business partner and friend like that, you're nobody, you're persona non grata. Um, so, you know, if they can pay, if we can help them, and if we want to help them. Well, that's it. Those three rules sift out probably 70% of the people who have approached us in the last year, and they work really well. Yeah, we might have missed some, don't care. But it works because all of our guys, we don't have a single client we don't like. To the extent, and when we come to recruit for the for the main board in the elite again, when we're actually having in-person meetings, another rule for me will be, am I prepared to sit in a bar with this person one-on-one and have a few drinks one night? If I'm not, I don't want them in a group because the chances are that's going to happen. And I don't want to put myself through the stress of having to sit there drinking with someone I don't like. So that's, that is about me, not about them. That's about me. Yeah, you also don't want to take fucking money off people you don't like. It, it feels dirty money. I don't want your money. You're a prick. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what kind of don't like. I mean, if I can help someone, I don't I don't have to like someone to help them. No, of course not. Yeah, but uh, that, that, well, I know what you mean. Two, which is big. And I, I almost feel like you didn't put enough emphasis of it. I detest people who take money off people and they can't truly fix their problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose I should have emphasised that as well. That's what I meant when I said about if we can help them. Yeah. If it's not a hundred percent fix and you don't have that hundred percent fix, which ties into the comments you made when I mentioned my brother earlier, you yeah. should not be taking their money. You should not be taking them as a client. You should do the integral moral thing and push them elsewhere. Absolutely. And um, the thing is, in our business, it's in our, in our line of work, in our, our industry, it's very common for people to do what I call trans, transactional selling. They've got this product, and to them, every problem is a nail, and their product is the hammer. Mm. Whereas we take the other view, we say, well, okay, we don't know what your problem is. Tell us about your problem. We've got a range of tools here which can be adapted. If we think they can be adapted to your problem, we'll tell you. If we think they can't, then we'll also tell you. We won't just say, yeah, yeah, your, your problem is just a nail. We've got a hammer that will fix that. That's not how it works. And the proof of the pudding in this that it works is the longevity we have of members. You know, we don't do the churn and burn. It's, it's easy to sell stuff to people. You know, If you want to get loads of work or make loads of sales, here's how you do it. Just keep dropping your prices to the lowest. Com- 
just keep dropping your prices and making outrageous claims and you'll make sales. You might not make much money. You might not make much of a reputation. And indeed, you, if you certainly, as a subcontractor, you might get yourself in a lot of shit as well because you're working too hard and still not making any profit. If you're just selling products off a website, you might make you might make a fortune, but it's not a fortune I would want to make. No, no, it's dirty money. It's dirty, dirty, dirty money. We all know people like that in our industry. I was actually having this conversation with my client, Christian, today about certain people whom you know as well, who are just... I know who you're on about yeah, yeah, already. They're just shit stains. They're skid marks on the gutted yeah. of humanity. They will sell any old shit. I had one bloke tell me, and you know who this is, who's selling this particular product and he says it doesn't work as well anymore but don't tell anyone that and i thought then why the fuck are you selling it that's awful and, yeah now if he just said and, and i know people who do do this this doesn't work as well as it used to and i will say that that myself if, if it's the case but no he was selling this product with the original glitz and glamour he was selling it with 10 years ago when it was more relevant that's just so fucking wrong that's like saying the the far that's like taking a car from the 1980s that was the fastest car then and trying to sell it today and still calling it the fastest car on the planet yeah absolutely <laughs> and i'll tell you what for nothing it's not a digression it well i suppose it is it's tangential but it's important this highlights the difference between people who understand strategy I talked about this yesterday i thought a few days ago this highlights the difference between people who understand strategy and the people who understand tactics. I had this conversation with Holly yesterday. She said, my message has always been consistent. Now that's been said to me by several people quite recently from all kinds of disparate walks of life. I've known you for so many years and your message is always consistent. Now it does change from time to time as it needs to in say things like talking about individual platforms, but the, the principles and the strategies and the fundamentals I talk about, premium pricing, premium positioning, honesty, integrity, confidence and courage, all those things, they haven't changed. Why would they? You know, when, when, say, LinkedIn stops working for people or Facebook advertising becomes untenable or TikTok gets banned or Clubhouse implodes or MySpace disappears off the face of the fucking earth, all these things, when those things happen, a lot of people are left high and dry. Well, I'm not because I understand those things are tactical, not strategic. Whereas people like the person we're talking of and the people who will sell unethically, they are selling a tactic as if it's a strategy and it isn't. And sometimes I don't think they understand the difference between the two. And it shows. Yeah. You know, when, when you see LinkedIn trainers and gurus getting kicked off LinkedIn and then coming back and making all kinds of bullshit excuses for it and whining about it, you've got to fucking wonder what kind of a shit place we're living in. You know? What a time to be alive. It's just, again, yeah, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but if they are doing it on purpose, they just lack massive integrity. I, I think just, yeah. some of these people are just wannabes who've made good by accident, don't really understand why they've been popular on LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I've even seen these, these very same people, not this person I'm speaking of now, but in the past, people have done really well on LinkedIn, have said, I did really well, don't know how I did it. And I can't help you make any sales if I can teach you to do the same thing and get as popular as I am, but that's what I'm going to do. Well, that is so fucking lacking in integrity. I don't, I mean, I don't know how. I can't even, don't even have the words. And the important thing. What exactly are you selling to people? You're selling to people how to get popular? Yes. No, well, you lost, you, you lost me. If they're <laughs> why, the about it. <laughs> why the fuck would anyone want to be popular? At the expense of making money for certainly. No, well, well, that's a whole different conversation. That is the stupidest thing ever. When you were talking about the triage process and the three most important rules, only if they can pay, only if you can help them, and only if uh, you want, want to help them at, at all. Um, people need to realize 
that you need to be checking these things. You, you can't just put it in place and forget about it. Even when me and John were selling main build and we were the people on the phone, which will never happen again, <laughs> bar, I don't know, a drastic change. We were genuinely reviewing these people's cases every single yeah. time. And if there was ever a time where, because uh, I, I did the first call, I was un unsure on an individual. You were the apprentice, weren't you? <laughs> Anytime I was unsure on an individual because it wasn't uh, clear within the rules and boundaries, we'd set. me and you would have a call, we'd genuinely review their, their, their individual case, we'd make a decision. And off the back of that decision, we'd set new rules and whatnot. It, this isn't all just smoke and mirrors to try and make us sound really important and fancy. These are genuine tactic, uh, ta genuine strategies that you must implement and must enforce. When we moved away from the phone, we're selling main build uh, via application only on online forms. The forms would come through, we'd look at them. Do we want to let this person book an interview? You'd get the email initially. You'd say, Connor, we've had another application. Check your email. I'd review it. I'd say, yeah, it looks good to me, or I'm mm, not sure about that one. And you'd go, yeah, I was thinking the same. Never once did we really disagree on an application form. And then we'd send them the link to book their uh, their their final interview before we f finally let them in. You have to be doing these things. I mean, more than once, I've turned people away on our call when they were about to say yes. One guy had said yes, and I cancelled his direct debit before the money went out because he sent an email which rang an alarm. But I remember on one occasion, very famously, I was speaking to a couple and the guy got snotted with me after I'd said, you in and you're out. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm withdrawing my offer. You're not welcome. We're done. And he was like, that, 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 ah, ah, ah. tough. You fucking have one chance and you blow it. Rules. See, the, these salespeople, they'll argue with us and they'll go, well, that's just poor conflict resolution. No, you're just a dickhead who wants to make a sale at any fucking cost possible so you earn your commission. You are not yeah. looking at the whole big picture. I do not like it when people talk about one individual thing and one individual function without realizing how it will impact the greater uh, of the business. Get it they all do not the understand. All the time. Yes, you might be able to increase uh, our conversion rates, but at what cost? Well, you'll make more money. Well, money, yeah, you don't fully understand what's going on, do you? And they go, well, what, what's there to understand? If I ever increase your conversion rate, you make more money. Well, no, you don't see the stress it might cause. You might actually not realize the impact it has on our retention of our other clients causing us to lose money. You can't just come in and say, say you've just got this, you're going to make one function of the business better without looking at the bigger picture and you, that's you, why i'm so proud of our stuff because you, everything kinda, we say interlinks you've kind of summed up the difference between tactics and strategy people often say about my stuff on LinkedIn. oh you don't get money you don't get much engagement or um, you could be less abrasive you could do you could do that and i'm, I'm thinking i don't bother arguing there's no point i'm not interested in discussion or anything else or certainly not in their opinions they don't see the bigger picture you know everything works everything we do works together it's there for a reason it's like the website stuff web, website 404 everything has a purpose and it, it all points the same way it's strategic it's based on fundamental principles it's not a bunch of tactics thrown together to close a sale once to do that we just drop our prices or or put on the, the high pressure widen our net lower our bar to entry and loads of things we could do none of which you want to do because we realize the greater the greater yield of our success both for us and our clients will be in keeping numbers well, not keeping numbers low, but keeping the membership restricted to the exactly the right kind of people, which then necessarily means we grow more slowly. But that's fine. I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't care if it takes us a year to get to 50 members because those 50 members will stay forever as opposed to having a fucking churn. I spoke to when I had my day with Dan Kennedy. Here's an eye opener for you. He said his average churn 
was about 80%, meaning he would lose about 80% of people in a given mastermind group over a year and retain 20. With me, and I told him it was the other way around. And actually, it was a pot of gold, he said this. And when I did that event with Dan, he said, bigging himself up me immensely. Um, with me, I would lose 20% and keep 80. A direct reversal. And he was he was good-naturedly pissed off with me. And I do that not just because of the experience we give people, because of the, the trouble I put into recruiting. You know, I speak anyone here who wants to is thinking of building a continuity group, a mastermind group, it's dead easy to fill if you want to. It's much harder to keep them. And that's where the money is. And not just where the money is, it's also where you're successful with your satisfaction, your self-fulfillment, your results for your clients, your reputation, the rest of it will be in how long you can keep people for and what you can achieve for them. You don't do that by going at a low price and taking shitty clients just because they've got a checkbook or a credit card. So, I, it. I so think it. one minute hate and let's wrap this up, big boy. Oh, yeah. This is, <laughs> you sound, I can smell it from here, mate. We've got the q and at, at six in an hour so i fucking stink and i need to have a shower before then because i've got ridiculously long hair otherwise i'm gonna be there with wet hair and uncomfortable but i've still well, got fucking you, a million and one other things to do you well. stink because you slept in a bed covered in dog shit you know that don't uh you? yes i stink <laughs> yes yeah. right the one minute hate <laughs> one second let me get the timer ready and lock ipad holly's added me to a team whilst we've been talking yeah me too which one was it? It's it's because I moaned about the structure of teams. I said it's not good enough. I already don't know where anything is. Uh, it's not clear. Um, you know, we should have a place where projects are set up with the intention of them being completed and therefore the space being deleted. So I'm hoping it's something to do with that because I threw a paddy and I, I threatened to change it all if, <laughs> if nothing changes within the next couple of weeks. And she said, Connor, it's not your job. Let me. She's got said, okay. Yes, she has got a point, but I get upset at times. Well, we, we're all temperamental, aren't we? <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, I've had enough of this. It's going to take me five minutes to do. I just want to do it. As But I remembered I'm not allowed and I'm not meant to, you know, rules that's been set upon me. Exactly. So I recorded Loom for Holly and I went, Holly, I desperately want to change this. It's fucking me off. It's going to take five minutes to fix. Yeah, we've got a new team. We've got projects in action. There's General Foundations Funnel 2021 and the membership site build, which is apparently a bit of a problem, but we talk about that offline. Oh, okay. Oh, for fuck's sake. This fucking membership site. Did yeah, let's... Uh, anyway, not for now. The one minute hate. One minute hate, <laughs> one minute hate around websites? What's it about? <laughs> no, the one minute hate. It's pe- Mrs. Perton. actually Perton is something that just happened. It's people, neurotypicals, who talk bullshit about autism. All right, are you ready? One, two, three. One, two, three, test it, go. Right, neurotypicals fucking suck. Do you know why? Because you've got this fucking habit of telling me and other autistics how we should be thinking and feeling and deal with our autism, and you have no clue. I'll tell you right now, no fucking neurotypical, not one will ever understand what it's like to be autistic. Therefore, you have no right to an opinion on how we should deal with it, feel about it, think about it, or act, okay? You just fucking don't. But it doesn't stop people from offering me advice and saying things like, how about this? You don't look autistic, or we're all a bit autistic, or I feel a bit like that sometimes. I think I could be autistic too. Or even worse, don't let your autism define you. You say that to, don't get me wrong, I like gay people, they're my favourites. But you say to a gay person, don't let your fucking homosexuality define you, or a black person, don't let your blackness define you, or a transgender person, or a feminist, don't let these things define you. They hit the fucking ceiling. But it's okay to say someone's autistic. Why? Because it's a label. Just a label. You tell me it's just a label. You know what you want? A fucking punch in the throat. That's what you want. Dan, Dan, Dan. And it's true. But it's true. 
And on that note, John, let's wrap this up because I stink and I want to wash. You stink. Right. So, want to attract better clients, charge them high fees, and have it all happen for a filled pipeline, hands off, and on autopilot, I make more money with less work, less hassle, and fewer headaches. Go to ottcollective.co.uk and join our Facebook group. Or if you want immediate help and it's urgent, email Holly. Holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, have a shower, Connor, and please do not shit on your fingers. See you later. So long. Tell that to my dog. Anyway, <laughs> see you later.